And hello again, everyone. Welcome to another edition of Alpharetta Tech Talk. I'm John Ray, and we are coming to you from the Business Radio X studio inside Renaissance Bank in beautiful Alpharetta. Folks, today you're connected more than ever, and whether it's your friends, your family, or your life, Renaissance understands how you bank, offering the mobile banking services that you need. Renaissance also knows that sometimes you need to speak to real people with real answers, and that's why Renaissance has more than 190 convenient locations throughout the South ready to serve you. For more information, go to renaissancebank.com, Renaissance Bank, understanding you, member FDIC. Now I want to welcome Tracy Grace. Tracy is the president, CEO, founder of IBEX IT Business Experts. Thank you, John. Tracy, it's great to have you here. (laughs) Thank you so much. You've been with us before, and you've had exciting news in the past, and you continue to generate exciting news. So, uh, But for those that aren't familiar with with IBEX IT business experts, give them an overview. Well, thank you so much for having me, John. Sure. It's, a, it's a pleasure as always. Yep. Well, uh, as John mentioned, I'm president and CEO of IBEX IT Business Experts. We're based in Sandy Springs, Georgia. We also have locations in Pittsburgh, as well as Huntsville and uh, Madison, Wisconsin. And we specialize in IT services, trading, and software development. And so, a lot of our work, the work that we do is with the federal government. We do a lot of uh, government contracting with uh, customers such as NASA, uh, the CDC. We work with the U.S. Army, who's our largest customer, as well as uh, the Air Force. And then in our next vertical, we work a lot with hospital systems, and that's kind of how we got our start. Uh, and then uh, we also work with corporations, and a lot of the work we do within corporations stems around our training component. Wow, a lot there. But one thing I want to get to um, is what's it like to do business with the federal government? Because, and there are a lot of technology companies out there that think they might want to do that. What talk a little bit about the, the pain and the pleasure, I guess, of, of having government customers. Yeah. It's, it's funny you mentioned that John, but I get a lot of people asking me to mentor them to, to try and help them to understand what it's like to do business with the government. Just being 100% honest with you, it is so different from working from corporations. It's almost speaking a completely different language. Mm. Uh, I did not come from a military background. I didn't work for the federal government. So when I started out with federal, I had to really start from the very bottom. I was blessed enough to get people to um, mentor me and help me understand what it's like to do business with the federal government. Uh, I hired a, another small business that works uh, to help small businesses in, down the path of government contracting and, and got our start there. And then um, just started attending a lot of events, uh, anything that I could get my hands on, GSA events, EPA, I traveled, I did whatever I could to get the knowledge. And uh, there's a movie out there where um, – the, the gentlemen are, are on uh, FBO.gov uh, just bidding on gun sales. I know you've seen the movie. <laughs> yes. Did you see that movie? Oh, yeah. 
So yeah. I get people who ask me, is that kind of what it's like? And it, it kind of is, John. Oh, really? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, there there are opportunities out there, but working with the federal government is not for the faint at heart. Right. You really have to have all of your infrastructure in place. Um, there's a lot of risk involved. We do have our security clearance, and so that means that we have to go above and beyond to ensure the people who work for us are um, stand up and uh, that we are doing the right things and our, our counting systems are a plus number one. Sure. Um, yeah. And, and, and let's talk maybe a little bit, we'll get into a little more about what it's like to, to, to do business with the government, particularly the federal government and the military, but it, when you're doing outsource it, that's a big subject. So, to the extent you're able to talk about what you do for sure. some of these agencies, talk about uh, the, the, some of the specific projects that you do. Sure. Yeah. So um, when you talk about information technology, that spans anything from help desk support to developing a website to, to almost anything you can imagine sure. technology-based. But what we decided, and based on my background – I've always specialized in IT best practices and process improvements. So the last job I had before I started IBEX, I worked at a Dutch consulting firm and we specialized in best practices. And so when I started IBEX, I knew that's a niche. That's something that everyone doesn't do and every everyone doesn't do it well. So I knew that that would be an avenue that we could take to market. So we actually provide training and we're one of the few small businesses that are certified to be able to provide the training and the certification services in topics such as ITIL. Uh, ITIL is the IT infrastructure library and it's uh, for an IT manager. The ITIL certification is very similar to a project manager having a PMP certification it's really the baseline standard for an IT manager these days, and those that, that don't have it are now having to get it. Uh, there have been a lot of stories about uh, some of the major companies that are moving to the Atlanta market now seeking out to make sure there's a baseline of all of their IT uh, staff having the ITIL certification. And we provide that training, either on-site, e-learning, um, live, instructor-led, and the certification for that. And so... Um, with that certification, I'll just mention that the current version of uh, version th- three is expiring at the end of the year. So anyone who's looking to do or conduct ITIL training will need to um, migrate to version four. And we are certified to teach that and have the instructors ready for that. And I know s- some listening will have some questions, so feel free to contact us and we'll be happy to give you more data about that. Awesome. So You've got various um, agencies that you do business with. Is there any rhyme or reason to why you develop relationships with NASA and CDC versus others that you um, have yet to penetrate? So initially, we started out regionally. So we looked to see, okay, who's in our backyard? Who we who can we get to? So when we get contracts, we can visit without incurring a lot of expense. So it was a little strategic. Uh, initially, one of the very first industry days I went to was out in Huntsville. And I, at one of the industry days, I sat right next to a gentleman who wasn't quite sure he was working for the right company. And we were pretty new. We were only about a year and a half in. And so, you know, I, but 
I, I went in, I went in for the kill and I said, you know, we're looking for a business development person, but you know, we don't have a lot of capital. Would you consider working with us on a um, flexible basis and, and with a huge upside when you land some business? And he said, you know, I'll take your card and I'll think about it. Well, don't you know, two or three months down the road, uh, he gave me a call and said, you know, I decided to part ways with the company and I was telling my wife, you know, that Tracy, there's something about her. I think that it might be good to work with her. She got, he got the Tracy bug. He huh? did. I love did. it. I do too. I yeah, do too. I love it. So he called and we figured something out and immediately he started working with us. And, you know, one of the first opportunities that we closed were, it was actually a training class for NASA and it wasn't in IT best practices. It was COVID and that's um, an enterprise governance topic that those who need to pass their Sarbanes-Oxley audit uh, utilize to help them with that portion. So it's, it's kind of like the best practice for IT uh, enterprise governance and so NASA came to us to do that certification training for their upper level managers so that they could really pass the, the audit portion of their SOX audit. Oh, wow. So just to circle back around to the subject of advice you'd give folks that want to do business with the federal government, what I'm hearing is networking plays a part in this. It's not just uh, filling out a great RFP or or the the technicals, if you will, there's some soft elements to this. Definitely, John. I will tell you this: the my secret sauce and the secret sauce of our our company, the organization, is partnering. Without our partnerships, we would be absolutely nothing. It is really how we've been able to develop the trust and the knowledge base in order to compete in in a very highly competitive government marketplace. There is, um, we are currently working on three RFPs that are due before Thanksgiving. So we're all going to definitely have a great turkey day next week when we have a chance to take a breath. <laughs> yeah. But all of them are partnering with two or, or more uh, partners that we have. And so what you find is within the federal government, they put out very complex RFPs. And when the RFPs come out, you may be able to do, say, 35 or 40% of that. But you know you can do it extremely well. So what you do is, and what I do is, I spend a lot of time interacting with people to find out what they do well. And I tuck them in my back pocket and, and link in with them, and I court them. And so we may have lunch, we may go to dinner, we may do whatever, so I can kind of get to know them and know whether or not I would want to do business. So at the point where I have a gap in an RFP or a solicitation and I know I want to go after it because we have a high propensity and a, a, a great chance of winning, I will then contact that person who I know may have that uh, past performance to be successful. Really doing business with federal government is all about past performance and your relationships. So you have to be willing to get out there and meet people. If you're not, it's definitely not the business for you. Mm. That's uh, that's great advice from Tracy Grace. She's the president and CEO of IBEX IT Business Experts. So let's talk about healthcare. Uh, tough business. Uh, healthcare IT has changed clearly in the last few years. Tell us a little bit about what you see there and and how your company fits into that whole area. 
So our first uh, our first contract was in healthcare. It was back when all of the hospital systems needed to migrate from paper based records to electronic healthcare records. And it's so funny because I looked down the road at Jackson Healthcare, and I remember Jackson Healthcare when we first started. They have grown tremendously, and I don't know if you've seen their campus, but it's oh, yeah. like going to <laughs> a foreign country, right? To, Venice, to Italy. Or, yeah. yeah, it's amazing. But I remember when they weren't so big, and so um, the journey that they took, they stayed the path of healthcare where we diversified. They're a lot older company than we are, but I do remember when we were competing for some opportunities uh, for some conversion of uh, Cerner and Epic and some hospital systems. And obviously they, they stayed that course, but, and they've done uh, phenomenally in regards to the healthcare. We've, we actually diversified. I knew that we were a small fish in a very big pond. We did a lot of staff augmentation in that space and were very successful. And it really gave the platform to launch the company. So for that, I am grateful, but we knew we really had to diversify So uh, we added in some of the trainings. So we provide best practices and process improvement training in hospital systems, whether it be on the Epic, Cerner, different platforms, uh, Allscripts, there are others. But we found that that niche really helped us. Uh, There were some of the systems that tried to push us out of the market. Uh, The the Epics and Cerners decided to to really start uh, hiring their own to eliminate some of the competition. And, sure. and so that was interesting. But even working with the federal government, my healthcare experience came in extremely handy because we were able to get contracts with the Defense Health Agency and with the Centers for Disease Control because of our healthcare experience. And then that also um, lended us to our opportunities with the University of Pittsburgh Medical Center. And so initially they brought us in because of our healthcare experience. But when, what ended up happening with them uh, was more pure IT opportunities. So, And today, we're still working with hospital systems. Uh, we are working on a very large subcontract in New York City at One Brooklyn Health System. And they're doing something uh, really great. There, there were three failing hospital systems in New York. And uh, most of them were in not-so-great neighborhoods. But Due to gentrification, things have changed in, in different sections of Brooklyn. And so the state really took a vested interest in how can we improve these hospitals? We don't want people going outside of Brooklyn to go for health care. How do we do this? So they decided to consolidate these hospital systems. Now, you know, when you take three organizations and combine them together, IT is a mess. Mm. And so... Um, We are helping with project managers and other technical staff to help with the integration of all three hospital systems. Um, And I'm excited to say that the the fact that we are a woman and minority-owned business, they did have a component on that contract that made it mandatory that whoever got the contract needed to also look, look at diverse suppliers to fulfill a component of that. And that really helped us to win that opportunity. That's awesome. Now, Tracy, you've got a new software system coming. Tell us a little bit about that. Yes. Speaking oh, that's speaking so of diversity, yes, right? Yes, yes, yes. Yeah. Very exciting. Yeah. So about three years ago, I met with the University of Pittsburgh Medical Center, UPMC. They are the largest employer in the state of Pennsylvania. And 
uh, they were really impressed. We sat down at the table and uh, did a presentation, showed them about all of our past performance, what we do. And, but UPMC being so large, they outsourced most of their IT to IBM. So their, their whole thing was, you know, Tracy, we really like you, but we're not going to call you in to take over our IT infrastructure, right? Right. You're, you're competing against <laughs> the easy decision, IBM, exactly, right? Yeah. Exactly. Right. So they started trying to think, well, what type of projects might we have? And, you know, I really appreciated this because as a small business, that's our challenge. The challenge is how do we find small opportunities to solve problems that the big guys miss, right? Mm -hmm. So if, if all small businesses could kind of grasp on and large businesses, if they could find those little nuggets to farm out to the small businesses, it's definitely a way in, you know, it's a, it's a way in. So they asked, so Tracy, do you think your, your firm could develop a software system to help us manage our diverse suppliers? And I thought, and I wanted to jump on the table and say, yes. <laughs> but, but, but you controlled yourself. I controlled myself. Right. And I said, you know, before I say yes, let me go back to my team. Let's have a discussion mm. because I don't want to say yes and not be able to perform because sure. I know I got one opportunity. Mm. So I took it back to the team. I told them I'd follow up in a couple of days. And sure enough, we had a little basis for uh, what we could utilize to develop the system and it took about a year to get that contract in place because the their their organization is so large. We had to go through legal. We had to go through security. Us having our security clearance helped out tremendously, but we were able to get the contract and we are live. We've been live for over a year with that software system. And they are so thrilled that they've invited me back to have discussions and talk to other area uh, organizations in Pittsburgh about how we partnered from a diversity perspective with them in order to to really expand their diversity program. So it ex it helped to expand IBEX, but it also helped to expand UPMC. They've hired more employees to help support the software system from their perspective, but we still are managing it in an AWS cloud-based uh, solution. That's uh, that's awesome. I mean, uh, awesome underlined. You know, it's interesting the way you address that opportunity because something tells me when you went back to your team, instead of saying yes right then, and when you went back to your team, um, you probably were able to come back to the client with a lot better answers than you would have otherwise, right? Because that you got the value of your team pitching in and giving you uh, some things to think about maybe that, that they needed to, that the client needed to understand, right? Exactly. And it really, I think, helped to to secure the opportunity sure. by talking through it and understanding what some of the risks were, what the reward would be, and really how we needed to approach the opportunity. So when I came back, it was not only the yes, but it was here is how we think we can be successful in developing the system. And here's some things to think about and how can we move this to the, the next stage, right? Successfully. Yeah. And so you're a hundred percent correct by taking a breather, taking a break, you think through the opportunity and you bring some brain share to the, to the table as opposed to just listening and saying, Oh yeah, we can do what you need because really you want to design something that's going to be effective for them, but also help them, them to really solve the problem that they're trying to solve. 
And in their case, uh, they had a very distributed hospital system. So they're buying up everything in Western Pennsylvania and beyond. Mm. And so uh, they had a problem that it was very difficult to um, to really uh, connect with the different buyers within the organization. So by developing a software system that gave access to the uh, distributed buyers throughout all the diff- all their their healthcare system and their insurance system, it allowed them to then be able to uh, access the di- the diverse vendor base that had been approved to work with, and it took a lot of the onus off of them to email and using Excel spreadsheets and other things. So it's a tremendous, it's a tremendous system. And we're in currently in the process of developing a second generation, which we're launching in Q1 of 2020. And the name of the software system is called certifiably diverse. Wow. And uh, now you said a mouthful when you said that, right? (laughs) So talk about the significance of that. Yes. So I'm so excited. Certifiably diverse gets me so excited. I don't know if you can tell, but um, one of the major factors, John, is all Fortune or most Fortune 500 companies are starting to realize that diversity is not something that they're just doing to check a box anymore. Sure, it really is a competitive advantage, and it it gives you an opportunity to service your community. Most Fortune 500 companies have a very diverse. Um, purchasing base. So whether you're BMW cars and uh, 25% of your uh, people purchasing are minorities. Well, if you're not using diverse vendors to help create those cars, you're not servicing your, your customer base and you're not giving back. And so they're starting to realize that. So most of these initiatives come from the top. Well, the software system that we developed is to help support that. It's it's a repository where you can house all of the information about your diverse vendors and be able to know who is vetted, who's large enough to help you. Uh, and, and really we help you with ancillary services to help you figure out who is a diverse vendor and who isn't. So there's a lot that comes along with it. Um, and if I go a little bit further, there are very few woman owned companies that are launching software systems and if you break that down a little further, there are very few women and minority-owned software companies that are launching software systems uh, nationally. And actually, our system will handle global customers. So when we launch this, we're going to make a big hubbub about it. And uh, maybe you'll come to the launch party, John. I would love to do that. Um, <laughs> uh, and I can say I knew you when, Tracy. Yes, that's yes. awesome. It's that going to be really exciting. exciting. Yeah, yeah it's, it's something that's a game-changer. Um, I would have never guessed in a million years that I'd be launching a software system, but even more importantly, one that can impact, uh, people who look like me and people in business who are small business is for veteran owned businesses. It's for woman owned, uh, minority owned LGBTQ. It's to help those who are in the minority and diverse, uh, be able to get access to opportunities and, and get more um, exposure that way. So, and it's working with UPMC. It's already spurred on a lot more creative uh, programs for them where they know they can't do business with everyone, but oftentimes what they'll do is a seminar to teach people how to do business at a larger scale so that even if it's not business with them, maybe with someone else. Sure. Sure. Um, 
And I would love to dive into um, the value of diversity uh, to the bottom line, but we don't have time for that. <laughs> but that's something I'm passionate about too, uh, because it's true. It it's it's uh, really good for the bottom line of of business, but and the studies show that, folks. So, um, but we'll, I'm going to leave that sitting there. But I want to get back to what how all this started because this started because you were listening to someone else's problem and you came up with a solution and now that's created a pivot for your business or, or a new aspect of your business, better said. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. No. It, and it's exactly that. Um, it has taught us really how to work better with our customers because without that opportunity, we then don't have an entire software development component, mm-hmm. but we still stay niche. We still stay focused on solving um, niche problems that organizations have. It's not our goal to come in and take over an IT organization and, and outsource the entire thing to us. It's not the managed services component. It really is assisting organizations with spotting where the problems are and being able to help them solve that issue, whether it be by training or by creating a software database to help them house the information that they can't get to or creatively figuring out a solution uh, from a technology perspective that can help them become more efficient. And so when people look to IBEX, that's what they know us for. Wow, that's uh, that that's very cool. So wh- what this reveals really about you and your company and your team is you've got a pretty agile business, right? We do, we do. And I think that... That's one of the major differences between small businesses and larger companies is we can pivot and make changes and adjustments as we need to. Uh, if we have customers that need a specialty or uh, someone that has a focus on artificial intelligence or, or other areas, we have an extended network that we can call upon an expert to infuse that within a solution and larger organizations, it's not so easy to make that, that move. So I think that the, the fact that we are an agile organization really helps us to stay relevant and it allows us to make course corrections when necessary. And I think that's been a, a big advantage in our growth. Uh, we've doubled in size year over year for the last, I don't know how many years. And uh, we we're still on the Inc. 5000 list of fastest growing companies this year. We went to number 806. Congratulations. So it continues to move. Wow. The needle's moving, John. That's awesome. Thank that, you. That is Thank awesome. You. Now, now you're, um, I don't know how you're doing this because you've just as busy as can be, but you're writing a book. Yeah. This, and well, When do you do this? At three in the morning or <laughs> how does that work? It is definitely, um, it, it, it allows me to escape from the work world. So I'm not a big TV watcher. I'll usually watch the news, but when I get tired of seeing all of that, right. then I kind of go into my little chair in my room and I, I just make some notes and, and writing, I feel, really kind of helps me to release and, and get away from the, the crazy day-to-day. But it started out uh, being a business book. But then I started realizing that I kind of have a story to tell. My journey is a little unique. So I'm weaving both together and I'm looking for the book to be out no later than June of next year. So cool. it's a, it's an aggressive schedule, John. Right. And we would expect nothing less from Tracy Grace. 
uh, president and CEO of IBEX IT Business Experts. Uh, so, Tracy, what give some advice to folks that want to write a book because that that's that's a that's a thing that people have in their in their crawl that they would like to maybe do at some point, but yes. they don't have time to get to it. Yeah, I would say make time every week. It's kind of like uh, you set aside a couple hours to do your laundry every week. You have to do the same thing. You have to be intentional about it and know what your point is. Why are you writing it? Uh, I've I've been called upon more and more to for speaking engagements. And as I'm going down that path, I realize, you know, if I could document some of the the stories that people, it's kind of hard to believe the stories sometimes that as they come out, I think people would enjoy and be able to learn from it because me leaving corporate America and becoming an entrepreneur was the best thing I could have ever done. Um, there's no way that we as a family would be where we are today had that not happened. And so I think those who are a little afraid uh, to take that leap of faith, um, I think my book will help to give that courage to make that move. So I, if you ha- think you have a story to tell that could help other people, definitely make the time on a weekly, monthly basis uh, and on vacations too. That's a great time to clear your head while you're sitting on the beach. Yeah, for sure. Well, I'll be first in line with wanting an autographed copy. So, uh, I look forward to that. Um, and, and, and maybe we can get you back to talk about that whenever that comes out for sure. That would be wonderful. Yeah. So Tracy, this has been fantastic. Um, I could go on for a while, but, uh, um, we'll save that for another time. But for those that uh, have heard something they would like to follow up with you on, would like to be in touch with you, uh, tell them how they can do that. Okay. You can online ibexexperts.com or if you're interested in finding out more about certifiably diverse you can go to certifiablydiverse.com or just give us a call at 678-752-7542 tracy thanks for being with us well thanks so much for having me john it's always a pleasure yeah thank you so folks uh, just a reminder you can listen to this show on any of the major podcast apps that you might uh, uh, subscribe to, Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, Google Podcasts, TuneIn, Spotify. Uh, We're pretty much on all of them, even YouTube. So check us out there or any of our past episodes. uh, Go to NorthFultonBusinessRadio.com, search. We've got an archive there, and you can search for uh, Tracy's name, the company's name, any of the, uh, over 400 guests we've had in this studio since we opened, uh, three and a half years ago, we have quite an archive of shows. So check us out there and go follow us on Twitter, Facebook, or LinkedIn, North Fulton BRX as, as in North Fulton business radio X North Fulton BRX, uh, is our, uh, th- that's our handle on all three of those platforms. So for my guest, Tracy Grace, I'm John Ray. Join us next time here on Alpharetta Tech Talk. Renaissance Rewards Extra is the checking account that checks all the boxes. Roadside assistance? Check. Cell phone insurance? Check. More than 400,000 local shopping discounts? Check. Up to $25 per month in ATM refunds and a great rate? Check. All in an easy-to-use mobile app. 
to open an account. To find out more about Renaissance Rewards Extra Checking, go to renaissancebank.com or visit us at any of our more than 190 locations throughout the South. Renaissance Bank, understanding you. Member FDIC, Equal Housing Lender.